Hello and welcome to another episode of the UK Dividend Stocks podcast. My name is John Kingham and in today's episode I wanted to have a look at the S&P 500 to see how its valuation has been affected by the 600% gains that it's seen since 2009. So what I want to cover today uh, is a few things. First of all, we'll have a, we'll have a quick look at um, what the CAPE ratio is and whether the S&P 500's CAPE today is above average or below average. Um, and then what that could mean for future returns and whether it means that the S&P 500 is likely to continue growing, maybe stagnate and possibly uh, the odds of whether we could see a crash or not. So uh, before we get into that, the usual disclaimer, which is that this episode contains information and not financial advice. And if you think you need financial advice, you should talk to a regulated financial advisor. So let's start with uh, with the CAPE ratio. What is the CAPE ratio? It's basically a, a type of PE ratio. Um, the, the standard PE ratio just compares the price of an index or a stock to its earnings over the last year. Um, but there's a problem with that, which is that uh, earnings in any one year can be unusually high or low. Uh, and so the, the standard PE ratio is not a particularly reliable valuation tool. And so to fix the problem with earnings volatility, the fact that earnings can be really high or low. The CAPE ratio uses cyclically adjusted earnings, which is simply the 10-year average uh, of inflation-adjusted earnings. So we look at earnings over a 10-year period, adjust for inflation, and that gives us a number which is a kind of a proxy for normal earnings. So they're not, it's not going to be unusually high, they're not going to be unusually low. It's just kind of average earnings across the cycle. And so that gives us a much more consistent earnings number. And so therefore, CAPE historically has been a much more reliable indicator of value than the standard P ratio. So for the S&P 500, this CAPE ratio has averaged, sorry, the average of this CAPE ratio has been around 15 for most of the last century. So around the so so the S&P 500 the average cape ratio has been around 15 uh, over the last 100 years. And in the last couple of decades um, that average has, has started to creep up towards 18 now. And that's mostly because uh, of the dot com bubble where valuations were really high that pushed up the average cape ratio and today we've had now had a, another well not another a record-breaking 13-year uh, bull market yes that includes the, uh, the the crash in 2020 but I don't I count that as a, as a very large correction rather than a bear market so from my point of view the S&P 500 has been in a in a bull market for 13 years it's at very high valuations again and that has also pushed up the average CAPE in recent years. So 
over the long term, uh, investors have typically been willing, on average, to pay around, let's say, 15 to 20 times the normalized earnings that you get with the CAPE ratio. So that's the kind of ballpark that, that investors have, have typically been willing to pay. However, that's an average. And so, of course, in any given year, the CAPE ratio will be different to the average. Sometimes it will be higher, sometimes it will be lower. And um, this is typically, it's driven at the extremes by optimism during boom periods and by pessimism during uh, periods of, of weak economic activity or depressions or just uh, normal recessions. And so, for example, if you look at there, there, there have been over the last hundred years, there are several periods of, uh, of, of excessive uh, optimism in the S&P 500. So a good example is the late 1920s, where there was a massive stock market boom, enormous amounts of optimism. Everyone wanted to be in stocks. Everyone wanted to be uh, in stocks on using leverage. Um, and so CAPE moved far above average it, it was uh, the long-term average at the time was around 15 and cape was 32 in the late 1920s and then again in the late 1960s there was another period of, of boom we were sending people to the moon everything seemed to be going well and cape was 25 which was well above the average of 15 at the time and then in the late 1990s there was of course the the dot-com uh, bubble and Cape reached its all-time record high of 43. However, there have also been periods of pessimism over the last 100 years, obviously, and these have typically followed periods of excessive optimism. So after the excessive optimism of the 1920s, there was then a period of quite justifiable uh, pessimism in the 1930s and 40s, and through that period, Cape was typically between 5 and 10. And then in the late 70s, things were not great, and Cape was around 7. And then again in 2009, everybody kind of thought it was maybe the end of the world, and Cape was 12. So the average is 15, but sometimes it's as high as 40, and sometimes it's in single digits. And so today, after the 13-year bull market, the S&P 500's CAPE ratio is 40, which means that it is higher than it's ever been before, apart from the dot-com bubble. So to get to that kind of valuation level, you would typically expect to be in a bubble. You would expect to see everyone foaming at the mouth to invest in US stocks. You would expect to see a speculative mania. People, are, are they don't want to miss out on the huge boom in US stocks. That's what you would expect to see. And that is kind of what we do see. So, you know, for example, you have things like Tesla, which is, uh, or has been, I'm not sure where it is exactly today, um, but it has been valued uh, more than every other listed car maker on the planet which seems quite optimistic or for example there was a an ipo the other day of a of an electric vehicle or electric 
pickup truck initially company called Rivian uh, that's got zero revenues, hasn't sold any cars to anybody ever. Uh, and after its IPO, it became the third most valuable car maker in the world ahead of all of these companies that have been manufacturing cars for decades and they manufacture hundreds of thousands, millions of cars a year. Rivian makes or has had zero revenues at the time. That seems a bit optimistic. And then, of course, you've got all the meme stocks. Everything Elon Musk t uh, tweets about uh, sees its valuation jump up. And you've got Bitcoin, uh, where ordinary people who don't know anything at all about investing or Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, uh, you know, they're putting significant um, amounts of their savings into Bitcoin. Which, as a someone who doesn't hasn't done any of those things, I haven't invested in Tesla or Bitcoin or anything. So obviously, uh, I'm going to have fun staying poor. Um, but uh, you can, from the outside, it looks like a lot of this stuff is uh, is driven by the fear of missing out. You know, you hear your friends, somebody put money in Bitcoin, made huge amounts of money, so you do the same. Or they invested in Tesla two or three years ago, they've made enormous gains. And you feel daft because you didn't, so then you buy Tesla. So there's no kind of deep analysis from a lot of the novice investors that come into this. Um, it's just a fear of missing out. Obviously, that doesn't apply to everyone. And I'm not saying that Tesla is necessarily overvalued because I haven't done an analysis of Tesla. But from the outside, you can certainly see lots and lots of examples of things that look like uh, speculative mania. So the the problem, of course, is that uh, historically, CAPE has always reverted back to its long-term average. So when it was high in the 1920s, it collapsed. The S&P 500 collapsed, or CAPE, the CAPE ratio effectively collapsed back to and below its long-term average. And the same happened after the boom of the 19, late 1960s. And then the same happened um, after the dot-com bust after the dot-com bubble. So all of these periods of optimism, when the cape was really high, ended badly. So in that context, the, I think it's reasonable to assume, and sorry, and they also all ended badly within about 10 years of the peak. So once they eventually reached the peak, bad things happened either immediately or in the case of the late 1960s, it was, it was a bit more prolonged. But within 10 years, CAPE had reverted back to its long-term average and all of the excessive optimism had been wrung out of the system. And so with CAPE around 40 today, I think it's reasonable to expect CAPE to revert back to its long-term average of a, below 20, let's call it that, and so that you would expect to see CAPE fall by... a least 50% over the next at some point during the next decade. So then the question is how will cape how will the S&P 500's cape revert back to its average? And so there are there are two sides to it. It's a PE ratio, so there are two factors which will affect how this pans out. There's the earnings side and there's the price side. So on the earnings side, you could assume 
the earnings are going to shoot up incredibly fast, much faster than they have historically. So let's say, for example, the earnings quadruple from today uh, for the next 10 years, and so that by 2031, the earnings are four times what they are today. And then if we also assume that CAPE does revert back to its long-run average, so let's say it falls by 50%. So if earnings go up by a factor of four, and the CAPE ratio halves, then you could see the S&P 500 in 2031 could still double from where it is now, and it would be back at normal valuation levels. So the bubble would have ended, and yet investors could still see decent gains between now and 2031. And that's, that to me is what most uh, investors, or let, let's just call them S&P 500 investors, most, most US investors uh, implicitly or explicitly expect that to happen. Most investors are getting into the US market at these high valuations, expecting earnings to grow incredibly quickly, driving yet more growth of the index. However, the, the problem with that is that you need earnings to grow at least twice as fast as their long-run average growth rate. So you need to see super normal earnings growth, which is requires a lot of optimism and also um there's no evidence yet that the cyclically adjusted earnings the normalized earnings that we get from looking at a 10-year average there's no evidence that that has started to pick up its growth rate so if earnings if cyclically adjusted earnings were indeed beginning to build more and more and more speed You'd expect to see, uh, you expect to see earnings accelerate upwards a bit like a hockey stick, uh, as the U.S. economy powered faster and faster and faster ahead. And that isn't what we see so far at the moment. If you look at the evolution of cyclically adjusted earnings over the last few decades, there it's growing and it's growing decently. But there's no acceleration of growth. It's just growing at about the long run average growth rate. So this scenario where the current valuation is justified by extremely high levels of earnings growth over the next decade and beyond, that seems to me to be the most unlikely scenario. I think I would say it's quite unlikely that we're going to see massive, massive growth of earnings in the S&P 500, which justifies the current valuations, or at least allows CAPE to revert to normal levels and for investors to still see gains at the same time. I think that's the most unlikely uh, unlikely scenario. So another scenario is that earnings grow at about their long-run average rate, which means that these the normalised earnings from the CAPE ratio approximately double over the next decade so instead of quadrupling in the first scenario they just double and that's kind of what they've done in the past so that doesn't require extreme levels of optimism and so if earnings double over the next 10 years and the cape ratio halves over the next 10 years then that means the s p 500 in this scenario 
would stay broadly flat for the next 10 years. So if we had normal earnings growth and the S&P 500 stayed flat for a decade, at the end of those 10 years, the valuation levels would be about average. So I think that is a reasonable scenario. I think that is entirely plausible. We might see normal levels of healthy growth from the, the US market over the next decade. And if the excessive levels of optimism in the system at the moment, if that gradually bleeds off without even having to go into deep pessimism, they just the optimism just gradually fades away back to normal levels of optimism then the S&P 500 could return zero for the next 10 years. So I think that is a much more likely scenario than the high growth scenario. Um, but I think um, an even more likely scenario is that the S&P 500 sees some sort of crash in the next 10 years, whether it's a kind of hyper-aggressive crash like we saw in 2020, or maybe a slower crash over two or three years like we saw after the, the dot-com uh, bubble. So the, the argument for this case is that, that bubbles run on optimism and optimism is required to keep prices up. So one day you might have slightly less optimism than the day before. There's still hyper levels of optimism but just slightly less crazy than they were than it was the day before. And so that can lead to prices coming down very slightly. And then because prices have come down very slightly, maybe some people become slightly less optimistic. And then that makes prices go down a little bit more. And then that small fall in prices makes people slightly less optimistic, which makes prices fall, which makes people less optimistic and so on. And that's kind of what happened after the dot-com bubble. We had the new year at the end of 1999. So we had the, the year 2000, the millennial celebrations. And then people kind of woke up the next day and realized that we weren't all going to be flying about in rocket cars or something the next day, that actually the year 2000 kind of looked exactly the same as 1999. And that gradually fed into a kind of calming of optimism. And we had three years, obviously not helped by 9-11, but there was basically a three-year period in which optimism just gradually bled out of the system. It didn't really become deep pessimism, but it was certainly all of the excessive optimism just faded away over about three years. And so I think that is the most plausible scenario. We get decent growth from the S&P 500 over the next 10 years, but rather than the market staying flat and very gradually adjusting back to normal valuation levels, um, the more likely scenario is that you get a feedback loop where optimism bleeds out of the system more quickly, and then you get some kind of crash over six months or a year or two years or three years. And that crash would be in the ballpark of about 50%, which is what we saw um, after the dot-com bubble. And that would be entirely in line with what we saw in after the, the bubble of the late 1920s, 
and the late 1960s and then of course the, the dot-com bubble so it's the the crash scenario most neatly fits with what's happened over the last century and so therefore i think that is by far the most likely outcome so uh, let me summarize those cheery points the s p 500 is up about 600 percent after a 13-year bull market and earnings haven't grown anywhere near that much and so that has pushed up the price to earnings ratios specifically the cape ratio and the cape ratio is currently 40 which is more than double its long-term average and higher than ever any other time in its history other than the the dot-com bubble and the most likely scenario i think is that cape reverts back to its historic average in the next 10 years so that cape halves approximately in the next 10 years and that could come because there's uh, massive earnings growth which could lead to the index going up it could be because there's normal earnings growth and the index stays flat for a decade but i think the most likely scenario is that yes we get normal earnings growth but that optimism bleeds out of the system more quickly and that that leads to a crash whether it's in six months or uh, it takes three years to, to, to happen. I think a, a crash of some sort is the most likely scenario. So that's that's all that I've got to say about the, the S&P 500. I am not an S&P 500 bull, as you have probably guessed by now. Uh, I will be reviewing the FTSE 100 and FTSE 250 CAPE ratios uh, in the new year. Or possibly before that, um, if you'd like to read the blog posts related to these uh, these episodes, you can see them on ukdividendstocks.com/blog. And uh, if you like this episode, please like the episode on whatever platform you're consuming it. And uh, I will hopefully see you next time. Goodbye.